me ask you to bow your heads, more importantly, bow your hearts before the Lord, because he's about to speak to you. Now, I do not claim to be the Lord, so don't worry. But this word does claim to be his speech to you this morning. And he uses imperfect mouthpieces like me to speak his perfect word to you. So prepare your heart to receive it. If you can see his hand behind my head pointing at you, if you could see his face speaking to you, that would be good. So folks, let's, let's get our hearts ready, shall we? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that by your spirit, you would please grant to me the gift of preaching and teaching beyond any natural gift, but a gift that is empowered by your spirit. Lord, give us all illumination. Turn the lights on to this scripture in Galatians 3, 1 to 14. Lord, grab our minds. Keep distraction from us. Grab our hearts. Keep unbelief at bay. Give us hope. In your Son, Jesus Christ, may we receive your Spirit by faith as we hear this word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Turn in your Bibles to Galatians 3, 1 to 14. Grab your notes, lean forward in your chairs, and listen to God's word. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham and the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand To Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to do them. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive 
the promised spirit through faith. Receive the promised spirit through faith. This is what this message is about. You are to receive the spirit of God through faith in Jesus and not through your own good works. You are to receive the spirit of God through faith in Jesus and not through your own good works. That's that's what this little bold propositional statement is capturing. It's capturing God's intent to you. And let me just say, this intent of God was also his intent to the Galatians in the first century. The scripture I just read was written to a church in present-day Asia Minor in Galatia. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to live the Christian life by their own strength. They were trying to receive... Oh, I can't proceed. You guys are here. How did you guys sneak in here? Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. The Lord bless you. Yes, the Georges are here. Oh. If you are a guest with us, C.J. George, which is the young man with the hood on, um, has cancer. He is undergoing some pretty radical treatments that have kept him away from all other human beings for a while because his blood counts have been a little low, but he's here today. And God is healing him of that cancer. And his mommy and daddy here and his grandma's here. Everybody's here. And C.J., God is healing you. Okay? It's good stuff, man. Good stuff. And, and that, if you see some ball-headed guys around here, some of them are just bald because they're bald. I'm sorry, Raphael. But some of them shaved their heads because CJ lost his hair with the chemo treatment. So I see some of you around here. My son, Dale, my food. Okay, back to the message. Wow. Okay, I was at the first century. All right, there we go. This book was written to first century Christians who began their Christian walk by receiving the Spirit of God by faith, and then they wanted to perfect themselves by their own works, by their own works. That's what the notes say here underneath the propositional statement, receive God's spirit by faith in Christ. The book of Galatians was written to first century Christians who were trying to receive the spirit of God by their own good works rather than by faith in Christ. And I was, I was looking for an illustration to try to illustrate that to you. And, and, and here is what I've, here's what I think the Lord's given me. I actually had one and I think he's given me another one. Give me another one. Uh, about two weeks ago, we were looking at not being able to get into this building because the Miami-Dade County School Board had decided to cut costs by shutting down all schools during all holidays, no question asked, that's it, you're out. And so we got a phone call saying you're out. And we went, wait a second, we can't just cancel church. So then we got quickly another phone call and it was, the principal of this school. And the principal of the school, Joaquin Hernandez. And he's a believer. And he says, listen now, you're in. Because I'm personally coming on that Sunday. And you're in. You're going to get in. And so that Sunday, he came. The principal of the school came on a Sunday morning and made sure the door was open. He opened the door for us. Made sure the air conditioning was on. Made sure the lights were on. And so as I walked out of his office, I thought, now... What did I do to earn that? 
absolutely nothing. All I had to do was receive it. Uh, the county assigned Joaquin Hernandez to be the principal of Miami Lakes Middle School about three years ago. And when he came here, he told me, God sent me here on a mission, and it's to serve you guys. Now, not many churches using schools have principals to say that to them. Okay? Can I ask you, you know, Hugh, you're an attorney. What did I do to deserve that? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, not a thing. <laughs> do I have a contractual a right to that blessing? Nope. nope. Okay. <laughs> All I had to do is, when he, when he offered this, is say, thank you, Joaquin, and receive it. Okay? So is that a little bit of a picture of something far greater than being able to use a school during Thanksgiving for church? But how about eternal life? How does that sound? Because you see, here's the deal. The reason it's so important that you understand that you receive the, fa- the Spirit of God by faith is because the Spirit of God is what communicates every good thing from God to you. Everything. Everything. You, you need to understand something. You need to understand how God works. See, God is one, but he's three. It's called the Trinity. One God, three persons. And to understand how important it is to receive the Spirit of God, what you must understand is that God the Father is the one that sent God the Son, Jesus, to earth to die for us. God the Father didn't die for us. Jesus died for us. He died on a cross for us. He rose from the dead. And when he ascended into heaven, God the Father and God the Son together sent God the Holy Spirit. And do you know what God the Holy Spirit does? He comes and lives in your heart. Jesus doesn't live in your heart. Don't tell your child, you know, Johnny, Jesus is in your heart. No, he's not. No, no. God the Holy Spirit is in your heart. Now, they're three in one. They're the same, yet they're three persons. But it's the Spirit in the economy of God that, that lives in your heart. It's the Spirit that communicates to you that you're free from your sins. It's the Spirit that communicates to you that well-being, that even though you don't deserve it, God's adopted you as a son. It's the spirit that when you were dead and didn't care about God, caused your heart to come alive. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and God made us alive. There's a fancy term for that. It's called regeneration. There's a more common term. It's called being born again. Well, that's the work of the spirit. See, it's the spirit of God that tells you, even though you don't deserve it, You have right standing with God, and right now you can come before God and ask him whatever you will, and he will receive you, and if it's according to his will, he'll give it to you, and he's your daddy. That's called being justified. It's a fancy uh, theological term. It just means a right standing with God. You know who communicates that to you? The Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God for some of you right now who is battling within you to help you change in some crucial areas. To help you become more like Jesus. There's a fancy term for that. It's called sanctification. It's the Spirit of God that does that. And for some of us, it's the Spirit of God. We're, a little, we're in the fourth quarter of our lives. And for, I'm looking right at you, Wally. And, and for some of us, we're in the fourth quarter of our lives. And we're, we both lost a bunch of weight, right? We're looking good, but we're still in the fourth quarter, bro. We got the gray hair and a little bit less of it. But we're in the fourth quarter of our lives. And you know what our hope is, Wally? Is that we're going to live forever and ever and ever with God. 
And one day, this old body is going to get resurrected and become a new, resurrected, glorified body. And I'm going to live with God forever in eternity. You know who communicates that to me? The Spirit of God. The fancy term for that is called glorification. So now you understand why it's so important for us to receive the Spirit of God. And here on the bottom of the first page of your notes, it says, and this is what the Scripture says, that God gave us one way to receive the Spirit, and that is by faith in Christ, but, but, don't you hate those, but, man has vainly attempted a second way which is to earn the Spirit by relying on the works of the law or self-effort. So turn in your notes to the inside cover, and let's take a look now at the two ways that that really are, are, are being used here to receive the Spirit. And as you're looking at these two ways, realize that God is speaking to us in this text through contrast. So what you're going to see immediately in Galatians 3, 2 is a contrast. And it comes in the form of a question. And it's actually a rhetorical question. God is asking this question through the Apostle Paul to the first century Galatians. God is asking this question through the scriptures to us, the 21st century Christians. And here's the question. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? And then in verse 5, he asked virtually the same question. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So these two questions immediately cause us to see the contrast between two ways that we receive the Spirit of God. The first way is by faith in Jesus Christ, and the second way is through our own good works. Now, there may be some of us here today that do not know the Lord. You may, not, you may be here and you're not a believer. This makes no sense to you. I'm praying that though you are in the dark, you would follow my voice, which is simply echoing the voice of Scripture, to the truth of the cross of Christ, which is the punchline of this whole section of scripture in verse 13 and you would understand that christ redeemed you from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for you and the spirit would bring life to you but i suspect that the bulk of us are christians who perhaps are a little bit dry in our faith perhaps a little bit dry in where we are with god and we have subtly like these galatians begun to think that we can earn the spirit of god through our good works Here's how it works. If you somehow feel more confident before God on a day that you woke up early, did everything you were supposed to do, had a quiet time, were a good person, you were a good little boy and girl, you didn't yell at your husband or your wife or your kids, didn't kick the dog, you didn't yell at anybody in traffic, you got to work on time, you had a great day at work, everything was perfect. If you think that you are more a recipient of God's mercy and grace and can expect good things from God on that day, Then on the day when you got up late, forget about kicking the dog, you kicked your spouse and the dog and then your spouse, yelling at people all the way to work, complaining and grumbling. And at that day, if you think you are less qualified to receive good things from God, then my friend, you are operating as a Galatian and you have forgotten. You know what you've forgotten? Look at verse 3. You've forgotten verse 3. Galatians 3.3, are you so foolish, 
put your name in there. Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? You're being perfected by the flesh. Do you see the contrast here that God provides? Do you see that it's not based on your good works, but rather on Christ's good works on your behalf? Now, God's way, reading from the notes here, God's way to receive the Spirit is by hearing with faith. That is God's way. That is God's way. Look what it says in Galatians 3, 6 and 7. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. You know what's interesting here? The Galatians of the first century were being told by Jewish Christians, they were called Judaizers, that the only way to be a Christian is to obey the works of the law perfectly. And if you didn't, you couldn't receive the Spirit of the Lord. So God, through Paul, uses Abraham, the father of all Jews, and says, you really want to be a son of Abraham? It's not through the law, but it's through faith in Jesus Christ. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. Okay, that last little word that I just read there, in you shall all the nations be blessed, it's a direct quote from Genesis 12.3. It's a direct quote from Genesis 12.3. And here's the part that's amazing. Paul is saying, you want to be a good Jew? Then you believe the same gospel that Abraham believed. Huh? Excuse me. Abraham lived like 2,000 years before Jesus. How did he know the gospel? Well, you know how I can tell you that he knew the gospel? Because scripture right here tells me that God preached the gospel to Abraham. And he preached the gospel to Abraham quoting Genesis 12.3. So do you want to know where Abraham's faith was placed? The same faith that justified Abraham? It was in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Whoo. I like that stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. God's bigger than you. You understand that? You understand he could preach the gospel to Abraham about Jesus before Jesus actually got there? Now, what, what we call that is covenant theology. Because was it clearly revealed that it was Jesus Christ to Abraham at that moment? No. But was it based on Jesus Christ? Yes. And the faith that has justified the saints from the beginning of time to the faith that will justify us until Jesus comes back is one faith and one gospel. It's been revealed over time prior to the cross. It was looking to it. After the cross, it's looking back at it. But it's faith in the gospel. And that's the way you receive the Spirit. Because Abraham, who's the father of the Jews and the father of the Gentiles, he's the father of us all, he's the father of faith, received his approval 400 years before the law was given. So don't bring the law around here, Jack. Because approval came 400 years before it came. That's the argument. You got that? Now, to you, it doesn't mean as much. But to a Jew, it's like, whoa, slam dunk, case over. You want to be a good Jew? You want to be a, a son of Abraham? Have faith like Abraham did. As, it was, it's a brilliant argument. Brilliant. Wasted on us, but brilliant argument. <laughs> it's not wasted on us. 
Nothing is wasted on us. Because we're precious. Okay. Sorry, a little self-esteem in there to make you feel good. Okay. Galatians 3.9. 3.9. Wake up, Chris. Okay, I'm watching you right there. Galatians 3.9 there in your notes. God's hammering home to us that it is by faith that we receive the Spirit, not by your works, man. It is not by you being a good Christian that you receive the Spirit. You were, are not good. You weren't good when you initially received Him, and you don't keep Him because you're good. You keep Him because Jesus is good. Now, He makes you better, but you can't be good enough to receive the perfect Spirit of the perfect God who demands perfection. You understand that? That's the point here. All right, so Galatians 3.9. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the man of faith. Now, reading from the notes, right underneath that section of Scripture. Faith is the means to secure our justification. All that means, that's a fancy word for your right standing with God. Faith is the means to secure our justification before God. And Christ's death on the cross, it's the substance. It's the substance of that faith. It's what we believe in. So the righteous shall live by faith. And in doing so, what do the righteous get? They get a blessing. Now comes the contrast. But what do those who use the law to get the Spirit get? Curse. Curse. That's the next point in your notes. Man's way to receive the Spirit is by relying on the works of the law or self-effort. Look at Galatians 3.10. Notice the contrast between Galatians 3.9 and 3.10. 3.9 says that by faith you get a blessing. You're blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. 3.10 says, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to do them. And then verse 11, Galatians 3.11. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the, right, for the righteous shall live by faith, Now remember, justified, all that means is, look, in every human being, I don't care what you say, in every human being, there is a sense, and some of you are muting that sense and you're denying that sense, but there is a sense that you've got to be right with God. So the Muslim is going to get right with God through Muhammad, and the Buddhist is going to get right with God through through Buddha. And the Hindu is going to get right with God through karma and trying to you know, go through all the different levels of life. And, and the animist is going to get right with God. There is eternity in the heart of man. Mark it down. And we're trying to figure out how to get this right because we know something's wrong. We medicate it. We try to buy our way out of it. But we know something's wrong. There's only one way to get it right. And that's not through you working your way to it. It's through you believing that Jesus got it right. And the law, all it's going to do is give you a curse because you want to get it right with God through the law? Okay, here's the deal. Here's the contract. Never make a mistake. Ever. Ever, Ken. Never. Great. You want to live by the law? You're going to die by the law. Because the moment you make one mistake, you know what the law says? You're guilty. It's over. There goes your no-hitter, man. You lost it. It could be a bunt single. It could be a bloop fly ball or a home run. But you lost it. 
So don't do that because you'll be cursed. In one sense, we all live with that cursing, don't we? When we try as Christians to base our our relationship with God on how well we do. And when we do, how do you feel? Horrible. You know what that is? That's like mini curse, okay? That's like, that's like mini curse. You don't want maxi curse, all right? Because that's like death. But, but, there, but isn't it true like a little bit of death comes into your life, doesn't it? Hey, what's wrong with you today, Al? I'm just not feeling well. Why? You want to know why? Because I'm a jerk, and I don't want to be a jerk, and I feel like God's cursing me, okay? Oof. Now, we don't, we don't do that, do we? But isn't that what we're thinking? We lose our sense of well-being. It's called peace. It's that, it's that wonderful Jewish term, shalom. Right? Jesus, the prince of peace? No, no. Jesus is the prince of condemnation for me. Thank you very much. Oh, great prince of condemnation. Because <laughs> I can't do everything you told me to do. You told me to love my neighbor. You told me to love my enemy. Jesus, I can't even love my wife right now. (laughs) You know what I tell you if that's how you're living? You're a Galatian. You think that you earn the spirit by how well you obey God. And you've forgotten that it began by faith and it's going to conclude by faith. Okay? So that's what verse 10 means. That's what verse 11 means. And that's what verse 12 means. So reading now the text under verse 12 on the right-hand side of your notes... It says this, all the law can do is puff us up for the briefest of moments before crushing us under the mountain of condemnation. (laughs) The law is tasty, isn't it? Man, I had my quiet time. If you're a guest, a quiet time is time you spend reading the Bible at like a really sort of weird early hour in the morning. I got up. I'm a person that doesn't get up before noon normally. I got up at 6.30 in the morning for a week. I read like Leviticus for an hour and got something out of it. I prayed for my enemies. I blessed everybody at work, you know, at Publix. I blessed everybody at Publix. I used to work there, so I know how hard that is. I, even the customers that are just a pain in the neck. And for a week, you live that way, right? <sighs> How you feeling? Pretty good, man. My right standing with God, my well-being with God. And man, it, the law is just getting you just, it's going... Because mm, come Saturday morning, right? You start acting like Satan himself. <laughs> to your wife, everybody, you know? People are going... What happened to the guy that was here like Monday to Friday? <laughs> Do we have multiple personalities working here? No. What we have working here is a Christian who has chosen to rely on the law to get the spirit. And all it's going to do is crush you under a mountain of condemnation. It, reading from this quote here on the inside cover of the, uh, there are the notes. It, the law, was never designed to carry the freight of our right standing before God. It can only reveal our wrong standing before God. The law is like this perfect mirror, and it goes, Ah! Ah! 
But God wants us to look at the law and go, oof, now I'm going to look to Jesus. And I trust him. He's perfect. And he's going to make me, he's going to change me to look like this. Just trust me when I say this. Fifteen minutes before I preached this message, I was seriously sinning. Can't go into the detail. <laughs> it didn't have anything to do with sex, okay? So just relax. <laughs> no, some of you think, okay? Wasn't thinking anything on those lines, okay? I was, I was seriously sinning. My wife was seriously talking to me about my sin. <laughs> and so, I'm looking at the Bible going, Ugh! I look nothing like that. You know, my hair's like this, you know, I got stuff coming out of everywhere. I, just, I haven't shaved. I'm disheveled. My teeth, oh, I haven't brushed my teeth. You know, I'm just like, eh. Okay, so I've got a choice right at that moment. What do I do? Do I trust in myself to pull myself up by my bootstraps so I can go preach this message? Or do I just say, Lord, you're right. And guess what? I agree with you. I agree with Satan who's condemning me. Yeah, I'm a dirtbag. But you know what? Jesus isn't, and I trust him. He's my righteousness, and he's changing me to be like him. So I'm going to receive the spirit right now because of what Jesus did, thank you very much, not what I do. That's what we're talking about here. It's good stuff. It's right stuff. You see, because the only thing the law can communicate to us is the flesh, slavery to sin, and a curse that leads to death. So... Let me give you some hope. There is no need to despair in the fact that all the law can do is curse us because, oh, my friends, oh, my friends, verse 13 gives us the truth, the title of this message. Read it with me. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. By how? By becoming a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, listen carefully, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. And what is that blessing, Al? Here it is. So that we might receive the promised spirit of faith. Abraham didn't see it because Jesus hadn't been given yet. But when Jesus was given, when Jesus rose from the dead, when Jesus ascended into heaven, and then the the promised spirit of God could come and not only come upon a Christian, upon a believer, but enter and live within him. Or her. And that comes by faith in Christ, not in your good works. Not in your good works. Dear friend, you may be here this morning. And as I mentioned earlier, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You may not even care about what I'm talking about. I beg you, I beg you, in the name of Jesus Christ, if the Spirit is giving you one iota of life, if your lifeless spiritual body is on the ground and your pinky starts moving, oh, I beg you, seize upon that. Listen to this voice. Forget my voice. My voice is hopefully echoing the voice of Scripture. And let it lead you to the cross where your darkness, and you are in great darkness, will suddenly come to light. And the 
lights will come on and you will see that God gives you hope and life and salvation in none other but Jesus Christ. Now, dear fellow Christian, if during this season of joy you've been anything but joyous, okay, if you've hit a patch of hardness and unbelief and doubt and fear, Oh, hear my voice and let it lead you to the cross afresh and anew. Like the Galatians, what we need is just simply a good dose of faith in Jesus Christ. And I don't just mean to be filled with the Spirit the first time. No, no. I need that every day. We are like cups meant to hold the Spirit of God, but we leak. So every morning when I wake up, that cup is empty. And I've got to come every morning afresh and anew and say, Jesus, I come to you. Father, I come to you. And I receive your spirit solely based on faith in your son. Let me remind you something. Let me remind you of what Jose Prado spoke to us last week. Let me remind you of the difference this faith and the atoning work of Jesus Christ makes in my life. Here's the difference. What Jose shared with us last week is this. It's the difference between a courtroom scene. You're in the courtroom. You're the defendant. Here's the difference. Believing that Christ is the one who earns me the spirit is like going into that courtroom and receiving the verdict, Al, you are not guilty. Bam! Jesus took your guilt Jesus took your curse. You now go as a free man. Verdict is over. There's no double jeopardy. You cannot be brought up on this trial anymore, on these charges anymore. You're free. Go. Yeah! Whoo! I am at peace. Oh, Lord. Yes! And here's the contrast. Man's way, relying on the law. Al just came in from the judge's chambers and, as Lenny would say, here's what the judge said. Depending on how you do over the next couple of years, we're going to put you on probation. And if you do well, Al, maybe we'll drop the charges. But you know what? At any moment, if you do poorly... Like some cyber cop is going to just snatch you right out of your office. And you're going down, pal. You're going to jail for a long time. And I'm walking out going, oh, man. Oof. How'd it go? Oh, I don't know, man. Sweating. But if, what if I do? Maybe I shouldn't be talking to you. And What if I, what if I make a wrong turn? And What if I, if I oh, oh. freeze the frame? Which one are you in your Christian life? Are you a joyous absolutely, hilariously, recklessly throwing yourself into God, out of your mind for Jesus. I love the Lord, filled with peace no matter what kind of person in Christ. I'm not talking personalities. Or are you sort of an uptight sourpuss? And people look at you and go, if that's what a Christian is, uh-uh. Where, where's your joy factor? If I were to ask you right now, one to ten, where's your joy factor? 
even more revealing if I were to ask your spouse right now, <laughs> 1 to 10, where is your joy factor? Are you happy? <laughs> there's, the, there's the diagnosis, okay? There's the diagnosis. But, oh, dear friends, let us now move to the solution. What is it? Receive the Spirit of God through faith in Christ. And what do you get when you receive the Spirit of God through faith in Christ? Well, look here on your notes. Here's just a sampling of what you receive. Here's a sampling of what we're talking about. Number one, you receive an obedient life, lived in the power of the Spirit for the glory of God. This doesn't actually release you from obeying the law. Once you're set free, you're going to want to obey it. But you don't base your well-being and your approval with God on your obedience to the law. You base it on Christ. And then he enables you to obey the law. That's what Jose preached last week in Romans 8, 2 through 4. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You see the contrast? Law of spirit of life, faith, law of sin and death, relying on the works of the law. God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. Listen, the law is good, but it can't justify you. You got that? The law isn't bad, it's good, but relying on the law to be justified before God, that's what's bad. It can't do it because of your flesh. So God did it. How? By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Notice it says likeness. Jesus did not sin. He was in the likeness of sinful flesh. Oh, this is rich, folks. And for sin, he condemned sin. Where? In me? No, he didn't condemn sin in me. He condemned sin in the flesh, in Jesus' flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Oh, walk according to the Spirit, not the flesh, Christian. Number two. You know what the Spirit gives you? A sampling of what the Spirit gives you? This one's fun. He gives you back page of the notes. An empowered life lived in the provision of God's spiritual gifts for the good of God's church. Here's one of the neat things. God gives you toys. It's Christmas, right? Gives you gifts. Hey, it may not be a Lexus in your driveway with the bow on it, right? Who can afford that these days anyways, okay? Wouldn't be nice to have one. But anyways, who can afford that, right? God gives you something better than that. He gives you his gifts, gift wrapped by Jesus Christ. How? Why? Because you are a believer, because you have faith, and so you can serve the church. You want joy? Give your life away. I'm looking at people right here that give their life away. I got my Boricua corner right here. Got the double Boricua anointing here, triple Boricua anointing. There's joy over here. Now, if you were to ask these folks, do I have problems? They go, oh, yeah, sure, who doesn't? But there's joy. There's a joy the world can't take away because God's given them gifts by faith and they're employing them. And number three, a sampling of what the Spirit of God gives you. He gives you a joyful life. Lived in the peace of God for the well-being of our soul. This is what I preached two weeks ago. Romans 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by what? Faith. We have peace through, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by what? Faith. Into, not by your works, by faith into this grace in which we stand. And what's the result of it? Here's the result of it. What's the result of having peace with God? What's the result of having a right standing with God through Jesus Christ? Here's the result. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
And more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Huh? Yeah. I'm looking at somebody that's rejoicing in their sufferings. George's. CJ. Don. Chris. Allie. Brett. Corey. They're rejoicing in their sufferings. Do they cry? Sure. Are they concerned? Sure. Colleen, I didn't mean to leave you out, okay? Grandma. But they rejoice in their sufferings. Why? Because the hope of God, that the hope of God is being poured in their hearts, verse 5, by the Holy Spirit, whom God has given them by faith, not by their works. Joy to the world, the Savior has come. Joy to the world, the Savior has become a curse for us so that we might receive the Spirit. Joy to you and me personally because the Spirit has come to dwell within us by faith in Jesus Christ. Church, rejoice. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege of preaching this message because I needed it probably more than anyone else in this room. I thank you that you prepared this message long ago. I I thank you that you preached the gospel to Abraham in 2000 BC and you revealed that that, that covenant through Moses in 14 or 1500 BC and you kept rolling down through the ages revealing the covenant through David, through the prophets. Oh, and then at the birth of your son, you said, here it is in full color. Here it is in high definition. HD covenant. It is my justification, Father. My right standing with you based on what Jesus did, not what I do. And I want to say thank you. And I want to receive your spirit now. And I want to receive the joy that no man can put out and no problem can steal and no devil can take. But Jesus gives me. Oh, Lord. Lord, we we need joy. We are are inveterate, gloomy warriors in our flesh when we try to base our relationship with you on our works. But, oh, God, you've made us into new creations. Joyful people. The fruit of the Spirit. It's joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So now, Lord, as we we seek to, to get our souls happy, not by emotionalism, but by good theology that touches our hearts. Would you, would you be so kind as to come and fill our mouths and our hearts as we sing to you, Lord, as we proclaim Jesus Christ as our joy. Joy to the world. Savior has come. Oh, Father, thank you. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together and sing this song. Joy to the world.